And if we sing those words that we made this morning, Ben and Bible class, talk about options, you know, either repent or not, but we're not going to look at something dealing with options. And then Greg, in his lesson, he followed it with either do the way God wants or reject, and that's what it is. But this lesson's about things that we cannot reject and be pleasing to God. Um, I thought, I'm never good at titles. Bible says put a title on stuff. If it was a black page up there, it would be just as much to me. But options are less actually if you can see the other black page above it it says options are not available to christians <clears throat> on things that we're going to talk about think about being serving god first Corinthians 6 9 know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of god be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor adulterers, nor adulterers, nor feminine, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners, shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you're washed. All right, so we could have been, may have been, but now we are not. But ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Being a Christian has responsibility. Let us look at a few ways a Christian's life, if someone wants to say, choice of options are no longer there. I'll relate a couple of true events that will bring our attention to why Christians should be careful about anger. Proverbs 16, 18, Pride goes before destruction and haughty spirit before a fall. I know the next slide will be talking about qualifications for an elder, but you know, if you think about those qualifications, we need to all have certain of the qualifications as just a Christian. 1 Timothy 3, 6, not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil. I'm trying to point out where we have pride, how it can condemn us. But we need to learn the restrictions of pride and anger. A man that went on to be a very good preacher, but he was a marksman. He had these two 45 pistols with fancy handles and stuff. And he was at a dinner and back in those days in the 40s. 
they would eat the chickens that they caught and killed. And somebody said, I bet you can't hit those chickens with a pull two out and bang, bang, got two chickens right in the head. But he had just started being a preacher. And he realized that pride could not happen again. So far as I know, and like I say, he preached for many, many years, all, all up to the Tennessee Valley. He never touched those again because he recognized through the Bible and through trying to be a young preacher, he could not let pride and anger interfere with him because, James 4, 17, Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him that is sin. Let me make a point too, that in any lesson, I, I certainly don't want to cause anybody to to say, well, I don't have the zeal to go to church because all I hear is I got to do this and I got to do that. Our job is to plod along, one foot in front of the other, and to do what God wants. You think about Paul, how he was shipwrecked, how he was stoned, but he kept going and he didn't quit. But think about whatever happens to any of us. Ecclesiastes, it tells us it all happens by chance. We're not rolling dice for it, but it could have been us that that would happen to us. But think about also Proverbs 29, verse 22 through 23. An angry man stirs up strife, and a furious man abounds in transgression. A man's pride shall bring him low. But honor shall uphold the humble spirit. They got over that pride, he repented of it, and spent many years recovering from it. But unlike that, let me give you a story of another young man. He was also born in the 40s. He told me this story in the 1970s. And he used to, until he passed away, he went to church and Spanish for but he's a young man and he was mad because he was not getting his way because he was told to change his attitude and he goes outside. They're having a nice church dinner and a young lady that liked him came up and gave him a boiled egg. But because of his anger, he throws that egg just as far as he can, screaming at her, I'm just so mad. You know, he repented and recovered of that because when he told me about that, he said that was childish of newly. And I know that he remembered that for well over 70 years. Because here, Ephesians 4, 26, being angry as of itself is not necessarily condemned. It's how what we do with it. If someone comes on and it's hot and frustrating, it's, but this, Ephesians 4, 26 says, Be ye angry and then and sin not, and let not the sun go down upon your wrath. If we could clear whatever we need to before it gets over. But Christians cannot use anger to get their way. This is another story. It happened in 1983 in an elevator at Alabama A&M University. A man had been corrected for a fault that he had, and a preacher was standing there holding a Bible. And 
He said, you know, be angry and sin not. The man broke the Bible under his hand. He said, I'll beat you to death with that Bible. I know more about the Bible than you ever did. Well, as we went on, went to some workshop, and teachers got out of the elevator and went back. You remember, there used to be a show a long time ago, and I can still remember them people mocking that man's pleasure. I'm so confused. Mocked him, and he never knew it. But the preacher, kindly, he shook his head, and he reflected. He said, you know, just perhaps he forgot. James 1, 19, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear and slow to speak, slow to wrath. But you know, had the man not got upset, he wouldn't have did that. Now, as far as I know, I know my path never crossed him. I don't know if he did better. But how does that relate to us? Have nothing to do with him, possibly, but I like to make an example because for some reason, if I can remember it that long, maybe share the story you might remember and keep us out of trouble. Because I still believe that we cannot make all the mistakes possible. And if we can learn or hear something that someone else has did and keep us from falling into it, we will be so much better off. First Corinthians 13, 11, why I can't get angry why I can't be losing control, because when I'm angry, I'm out of control. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I look at this like when I became a Christian, we put on difference. I put away childish things. We put on an obligation to serve God. And what is that obligation? 1 Corinthians 16, 13, and 14. Watch ye, stand fast in the faith. Quit ye like men, be strong. Let all your things be done with charity. Act like men, be strong in the Lord with love for one another. Help others when available. Psalm 50, verse 16. But unto the wicked, God saith, What hast thou to do with the declare to my statue? Or that thou shouldest take my covenant in thy mouth, seeing thou hatest instruction and castest my words behind me. But let me also point out as we go through this lesson, as we get to something farther along, whatever has happened in our life before, it affects all of us. Those times may be gone, and maybe they'll never come back. But God tells us to look forward. When we put our head to the cloud, we can't look back. So those things are gone and done over with. I want to use this lesson so that we can all go forward. Going back is not going to be where you should. Because it says, saying, thou hatest instruction, and cast my word behind me. I want us to love God's word and put those words in our mouth. But think about anybody and everybody. Galatians 6, 1. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fall, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. 
whatever lesson that I could think of to come up with, somehow or other, I want to correct the problem or do whatever it takes. Because usually if I tell somebody I'm going to do something, I follow through. Otherwise, I'll think about it and I'll mull it over and I'll forget it. But Christians are required to recognize problems right here. An option, if you would say, to look the other way is not allowed. We have to look out for one another. Think about Ezekiel 3, 17 and 18. Son of man, I have made thee a watchman of the house of Israel. Therefore, hear the words of my mouth and give them warning for me. When I say unto the wicked, thou shalt surely die, and thou givest him not a warning, nor speakest to warn the wicked from his wicked way to save his life. The same wicked man shall die in iniquity, but his blood will I require at thy hand. Well, just because we run over there and warn them, we did our good deed for the day and hope we don't have to do it again. We need to constantly watch for each one of us because you never know when something said or did might change the course of events. I think I have it in less than a minute or so down the line. How many times have we heard someone either pray for or say, I wish something could be said or done for such and so or so and so that they might be converted or truly converted, this or that. But also the option not to teach all people off the table. Well, we talked about the wicked, if you will. Well, how about the righteous? The righteous have to be one also. Ezekiel 3.1 Nevertheless, if thou warn the righteous man, the righteous sin not. So we want to warn ourselves. We want to make our own calling and election sure. It would be so good to know that we can all get to heaven. He and he doth not sin, he shall surely live. Because he is one, also thou hast delivered thy soul. Man come to the house and preach at Glendale, and our son was gone to vacation Bible school at the Baptist Church. It is, it is what it is, but I'm going to say what he said. He said, you know, said, uh, he's off down there with Jimbo at the Baptist Church. They learn that. They're like for Baptists. We teach him the Bible. He'll be a Christian. So, you know, that burn for a while, but that uh, burning became endearing because I knew he put himself, if you will, on the line to tell me what I needed to know. But also, as we're thinking about these two things, thinking of helping, I think about somebody's loaded with groceries, got a grocery bag in each hand, and it's starting to sprinkle maybe and get a little damp. Well, a little help goes a long way. But if we're running up there, like a bull in a china closet, and say, you're not toting this right, or you're doing this wrong, and you knock them out of their hand, then you've made a disaster. So, we need to be careful.
John 10, verse 1. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door in the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. And you say, where are you going with this? I want us to look at the necessity of serving God. And it will lead into the necessity of being at every time the Bible is taught because how can something be said or done when nobody can hear it? Christians know there's only one way into Christ, Galatians 3, 26-27. For you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. Well, how about those that want to sneak out and sneak back in? People that are perpetually absent and they never want to come back in. They sit on the back row, if you will, and act like nothing happened. I'm going to tell you a story about a young girl. This young girl went to live with a neighbor because the neighbor's husband died and she didn't want to stay by herself. Well, she began to sneak out and sneak in. That's just about like Christians skipping services. By the way, the girl in that story actually was my sister. But what I want you to think about, Hebrews 10, 25, not forsaking the sin of ourselves together as the manner of some men, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day of coaching. A hard fact would have been and that girl died while she was outside, and her parents didn't know it. It would have been devastating for those that have the Bible. Look at verse 26. We often, as I say, talking that something could be said or done to convert someone, perhaps a future necessity will come and a Bible lesson will have a life-saving effect that could not otherwise be recovered from easily. Think about 1 Corinthians 7.39. The wife is bound by the law as long as her husband lives. But if her husband be dead, she is at liberty to be married to whom she will. Notice that part where it says, only in the Lord. Now, Corey, Shane, Rain, Caitlin, Kristen, all dogs, all fine, a God from me. The ones that are married, I hope you never lose the spouse. But you know, I never heard a lesson about this scripture. Perhaps because maybe I was that. More out, or perhaps I was paying attention to anything but working. But for the grace of God and our angel voice.
I'm sorry, I've read this whole thing. That probably heard this lesson from a godly Bible school preacher. I would have missed God's appointed plan for men and women who live in the past. Actually, he was 10 when he put God's problems and his plan into action. If we're not here, we cannot learn. If we did not study, we cannot learn. If we did not make application, we cannot learn. Yes, God's providence will protect us. Yes, God's grace will help us through. Yes, through the eyes of a child, innocence can be there. And yes, they may understand more than we ever will. But you know, I feel so sorry for people that have to go through the world. And it happens. You know, the man at the gospel meeting, he said, you know, I'm sorry, but I'm going to mention this because it may have happened to some family or something, something. But think about this. And I say unto you who shall be put away as wife, except it be for fornication, and shall marry another, commit adultery. And whoso marries her which is put away, does commit adultery. And you know, I'm going to think about how sad. Y'all know I think a lot about bus drivers. Because they spend their time working to get kids safe. And I tell you that a bus driver could by being careless, kill a whole community. But do you realize the sin of adultery? You go through life and kids grow up. Now they're trying to figure out who mom and daddy is. Child asks mama, says, why did the police come and take away daddy? Why you got screaming over them? Why do you don't tie? Because they didn't understand and want to obey the Bible. Here's what they did. Here's why they should have taken. First John 3 4. Whosoever committed sin, transgression also the law, for sin is transgression of the law. Just as a spouse has passed away from this life to another. One lost in sin is also dead. Well, how can you say that? You say the old innocent spouse could remarry? True enough. For a Christian, the option to go into the world for a mate is no longer available. Remember? Married only in the Lord? Well, how are you going to get that back to being dead? With the Bible. And I hope I'm not taking out a text. If I am, somebody can tell me. And I'll fix it as much as I can. 
But, but this tells me, Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death. You scroll back up there, and it tells you that whoso marries her committed adultery. But do you realize, too, on that sin, you're doing it daily or weekly or whatever, every time that you're still married. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So, spouses that lose a mate, marry only their Lord. Spouses that are the only, the innocent remaining part can marry only the Lord. I recommend, and that's all you can do, but, but Caitlin, Corey, Rain, John, Christian, Mary in the Lord. I know a boy that would go to Chattanooga to the bar and he'd say the trash is a man. Two million dollars later, he had a divorce settlement. That's little compared to the problems arising from not marrying somebody that's going to help you instead of trying to lead you away. And I can tell you, young people or anybody else, that's thing about getting married. If your spouse comes up missing, go look and see where you found them. They'll probably be right there. But why is the option, if you will, of marriage so protected? Look at Romans 3, 16 through Destruction and misery in their ways and the way of peace have they not known. There's no fear of God before their eyes. And if you look at front and back of this, it's not really talking about marriage. But the Bible, if I will just pay attention to glean something that will tell me what's ahead of me, maybe, just maybe, I can keep from letting a blind lead me, and we both fall in the ditch. But having obeyed the gospel, served God, then come in. Led away? Think about this. Judges 17, 6. In those days there was no king in Israel, but every man did that which was right in his own sight. Did we do what we expected? Sunday, on Wednesday, and during the week, are we another person? We need to do what God tells us. We cannot ever be to where God can't see us. Look at 1 Timothy 6, 13 and 15. I give thee charge in the sight of God who quickens all things and before Christ Jesus, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession, that thou keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable, until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which in his time he shall show, who is the blessed and only potentate the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. 
There might not have been a king in Israel. Everybody did what they wanted to do in their own time. We have a king. He is king of kings and lord of lords. And we are to obey him. Look at Proverbs 20, verse 24. Man's goings are of the Lord. How can a man that understands his own way? God provides what we have. And by him we get to go. But how can we do and what is my necessity, if you will? Matthew 6, 33. And I'm not talking about getting material things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and his righteousness put back up there without spot, without blame and all these things shall be added to you Christians I say options here but really lack of options are guided by whom we serve we are servants of whom we serve whether it be God of righteousness or whether we serve people. What we choose. But look at this. Revelation 19, 15 and 16. And out of his mouth goes a sharp sword. Surely we can think of something about a sharp sword. That with it he should smite the nations and he should Rule them with a rod of iron, and he treaded the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of the Almighty God, and he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Now, I didn't come like that. It's capitalized in like that. You ever notice that? Pay attention to that capitalization, and also pay attention to that sharp sword. Did you come up with a verb that you had been thinking about giving somebody an answer of Hebrews 4 3? For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two edged sword, piercing even to the sun, dividing the sun of soul and spirit of the joints and marrow, and the discerner of the thoughts and intent of thoughts. Can you think of something that's that sharp? I've seen a lot of sharp bibles. I can't think of anything that can cut that sharp. And think about it, cutting, coming, and going. This slide will come up and it'll have two verses previously, but I want us to look at the third one down. Proverbs 20, 25. It is a snare to the man who devoureth that which is holy and after vows to make iniquity. For we take and all that is holy that God gives us, and we throw it away, it's the same as devouring it and turning it into the cross. But if we make a vow, if we have said, God, we're going to serve you, and we don't, it is far better to obey than sacrifice. Will we close the book of instruction God has given us and seek man's opinion instead of truth to guide us? We will join 
some pitiful situation. If you remember further up, we read a whole bunch of things. But right near the end of the Bible, in Revelation 21.8, but the fearful and unbelieving and abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. God sent his only begotten son to seek and save that which was lost. Once we've turned that page, we have to remain steadfast and sure. There's only one solution, and it's not an option. We should seek. Revelation 21.7 He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God. Now think on the best day that you have. You know, I can only uh, think about people that have had spouses passed on and no no hope or family. But with you, we will make a decision. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. I will be his God. We sing. When all of God's sinners get home, how about the song being read when all of God's Christians, obedient followers, get home? But it says, He, he shall be my son. Do you really want to go to heaven? Do you think about that daily? Do you think about it just when, you know, like when we were taking blueberries? When we hear something on the radio, we see a sign, we talk to somebody. If we meditate on God's precepts day and night, as it was brought out, I think of this morning, about they talk while we stand, we sit, today, don't remember the other right now. But if we have that mindset, we will all get to meet, if you will, in heaven. At least paradise. Because remember, every knee will bow. Whether we will want it or not. There is a lot of things that are required of Christians. But you know, one thing that as I was going over some of them, a real nice red-headed Bible school teacher told me her hair is not red now. But she says, you know, you can never tell anybody what they have to do. The Bible does that. They make the decision, you know, until our last breath is taken, we have, if you will, a point in that decision. 
But when that last breath is taken, all my points, whatever they might have been made or thought or did, not acted on, gone. We'll go through the plan of salvation so there's no mistake. Plan of salvation, here's the word, John 6, 44, 45. No man can come to me except the Father which has sent may draw him and I will raise him up the last day and I it is written in the prophet and they shall be all taught of God every man therefore that hath heard and hath learned of the Father coming to me. I want to point out besides just heard and learned, you know they call it the Miranda ruler. You've read somebody can't afford a lawyer, lawyer period of 14 years. That's only one sentence out of 11. Think about all the Bible. Have you heard? Have you learned? It's continual on and off. Believe God's word, John 8 24. I said unto you, I said therefore to you that you shall die of your sins, for if you believe not, not that you shall die of your sins. And repent of past things. Acts 17:30. At the times of this ignorance, God went just and now commanded all men everywhere to repent. And confess that Jesus is the Son of God. John 20:31. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is Christ, the Son of God, and that believe that you might have strength through His name. Amen. Be baptized after 238. Be thou thankful unto death. Not often. It's required. What I get for meeting my requirement, and I will give the eternal life. You know, also from Paul, by the Holy Ghost, where he says, I have kept the faith. But in the end, it tells us also that all those that diligently seek. So there's something required. Why don't we make our calling what we should? So that when the world ends or when we die, we all get to meet in that place called paradise, and we all get to be glad that we were there. And I'm thankful for the lessons that brought. I'm thankful for the lessons that he has taught today. If we will but listen. Now anybody that need to obey the gospel, for perhaps sometimes people have obeyed the gospel and been baptized if they question it or never been baptized, need to take care of them. But if we have obeyed the gospel, and we've been living by man's options, we've got to come back. 
we got to get it right. Any need to, to be restored in Black Doctrine or just prayer for the church, if you let me know, we'll sing the song. Please.